Hello, everybody. Welcome to Not Somali Mormon Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back. This is Sarah. This is Katie. And we're so happy to be with you guys again. It's been a hot second. We are so happy. I am not even lying, you guys. Today, I haven't talked to Sarah in a while because we've both been busy. I got on Skype early. I was just sitting here waiting. And as soon as I saw her little green light come on, I you know, hit that button and she answered and I was like screaming, oh my God, I miss you. <laughs> and my heart was just so happy because guys, like it has been, like Katie said, a hot second for us. Like usually we talk at least once a week when we record, but we talk for like an hour-ish, if not more before, because y'all know I'm a chatty Kathy. <laughs> well, and yeah, then- and we usually like, WhatsApp will send like messages and voice recording sometimes throughout the week and we've just yeah. been so busy that we have it and I was just like oh my god <laughs> Sarah get I my know. life <laughs> and we both like especially I just feel like I've had so many like, like situations that have involved the need for me to vent about Mormon shit like I have just been like built up all of this stuff and like anger and joy and mixed feelings and just like I need to talk to someone Katie like I need you <laughs> yeah oh. so I bet I bet listeners I bet you're all just like yes they're back together again <laughs> reunited at last yes yes it's been uh, great um yeah I don't know where to even start I feel like so poor Katie, I just vented to her for literally an hour and a half, you guys, not exaggerating, maybe more than that. Like, I just threw all my shit on her and was like, and go. Give me all the counsel and the words and listen to me now. It was um, great. It was great. <laughs> I just, before we even get on our topic today, which is kind of, it's 100% related, 100%. I just want someone to answer this question for me. How in the actual fuck can you be a feminist and a Mormon? Can someone answer that for me? Because if I there, just. Yeah, if there I is by any chance, if there are by any chance Mormons listening, and if you are a progressive Mormon and you claim to be a feminist, will you please, like, this isn't us just being snarky. No, no, can you please email us and explain to us how you reconcile that, like, in yeah. your mind? Because it. From our where we're standing, you can't be feminist and truly believe the doctrine of Mormonism. Like, it just doesn't work, right? No, it doesn't. And that's the thing that, like, my mind is just so blown. So not to get too personal because, you know, I don't think that these people will ever listen to this podcast. But in case they do. Um, this past weekend, I had a lovely, lovely time with a friend visiting um, from the States, and it was really great, and it was great catching up, um, and she is Mormon, and it's never been an issue in our friendship, never at all, um, and not with, so to clarify, it's not to do with our friendship or her, but we were around other Mormons as well, and just kind of this this topic of you know, being very openly um, supportive of, you know, human rights and, you know, feminism and equality and, you know, and especially with women, but also in the LGBT community and just like all of these very progressive, like, you know, talking about politics and their hatred of, of Trump and their support of, 
you know, more progressive candidates and stuff like that. And then 30 minutes later in the conversation, you know, people being excited, these same, you know, people being excited about President Nelson, you know, releasing this document saying that, you know, people can get married uh, in the temple without having to wait a year after being married civilly and how it's so progressive and great. And I was just like, what? But, Mm -hmm. like, that's not really progressive. Like, you're forgetting the fact that, like, women are still very much, like, taken advantage of in the equality rights at all. Like, um, I mean, did they not just hear the latest thing that Katie posted in our story about, you know, the church hiding sexual abuse, like, and the victims there? Like, that's, that's all opposite of being a feminist. Like, I just, I don't understand it. And like Katie said, I really wish if, you know, if there are any active Mormons who are listening and who are very feminist, like, please explain it to me because I'm not, I'm not saying this to be just a dickhead. Like, I really, (laughs) like, I want to know, like, I want to know because maybe I'm overlooking something or maybe because I'm an ex-Mormon, I'm being biased and thinking that there's not a way to be a feminist, a true feminist and also a devout Mormon because I just think they're both very contradicting and so... I don't, I just, I don't understand it. I don't. Yeah. And I, um, this so whole, teach me. <laughs> yeah. This whole progressive, I'm sorry. It's just, it's bullshit because like I was telling you, Sarah, it's like, you can't, it, it doesn't make any sense to praise a church for undoing something that they did in the first place. Like, exactly. it just, I, I don't like it. And it, it makes it seem like, oh man, the church is being so progressive. Look at all these strides they're making. But they're, it's it's not. You still, they still <laughs> say that homosexual, any type of, type of relationship that's not straight is a sin. Like that's not yeah. progressive. I'm sorry. That's archaic. <laughs> like It's and, not. And it's yeah. just, it, it's mind, mind blowing to me. Like I really, I just struggle with it a lot and I don't, I don't know, or this whole idea that you can just pick and choose, because I feel like a lot of the, I'm doing your quote, progressive Mormons, they just say that they pick what, you know, they don't believe in everything in the church, but like, they don't want it to not be in their life. So because they feel better when it is in their life. And that's fine. Like, again, that's your choice. But I also think with the Mormon religion, and from my experience, it's you're not allowed to have a buffet-style relationship with it. It's not pick and choose what you want. Right. Like, it's a very, like, you're in it or you're not. Like, it's not, you can't pick and choose what you believe in what you don't. Like, it's you have to believe it all in order to believe that you'll get these blessings and receive right. these blessings. And if you don't, then it's kind of like, then why are you in it at all? Like, there's no That's- point. That's my, that's, yeah, that's my opinion as well. Like, if you're just going to cherry pick and you're going to say you follow the prophet sometimes and other times you don't, then why are you a Mormon? Like, if exactly. you if you really just, you know, say I, most, a lot of people that are Mormons that I've talked to, they say they just like it because they like believing in Christ and following Jesus and stuff like that. And I'm like, well then why don't you give your money and your time to a church that doesn't actively oppress people? You know, there's lots of Christian denominations that are pro LGBT and pro women and pro people of color, like that you have other options, you know? So 
it's you can't just like you said Sarah you're either in it or you're not and if if you say that you don't believe some aspects of it then why are you still giving your time and money to this church exactly I just and I before we move on to our topic I do feel like so yeah, like I, I feel like my brain's like so scattered because I've been so heated and just Me like talking to Katie about everything and just being <laughs> like, ah, I don't understand. But yeah, exactly. Like if if you're a progressive Mormon, then I just don't, I can't understand like you giving your money and time to something that is against all of your other beliefs. But before we even move on to the actual topic, I feel like I do have to like because I'm that type of person who gets paranoid about this kind of stuff emphasize that I was not talking about my friend <laughs> in this story. It was a separate situation, a separate yeah. group of people. So you, just to clarify, she was, people are like, she was, one, of, the she was one of the good Mormons. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing, like really incredible, very, very understanding, non-judgmental. Um, one of the few Mormon friends I still have who have always been kind and supportive and chill. Um, so just to clarify that, I don't want to like, mix anything up um and on another good news before we move on to our topic because the listeners are like damn bitch move on because I keep saying but one more thing one more thing um I got an email today that officially states that I am removed like my records are removed from the church so everyone give a round of applause for Sarah and if you're if you have a drink right now let's cheers let's cheers me (laughs) I got my coffee (laughs) cheers me no I like woke up to it and it was so funny so when I first read it it says and for those of you like I use the website quitmormon.com which we've talked about in a few other episodes and it was really great like I fully give all the shout out to them really really great um, they took care of it all on my behalf. Like you just have to fill out a form. Really great. Um, they sent an email. It's like, hello, <laughs> your quit Mormon resignation for Sarah Little has been updated. Congratulations. We have received confirmation from the church's law firm, Curtin McConkie, that your name has been removed from the church's record. Oh, you're free. You're free. I'm free. And it was so hilarious because I got this this morning and yesterday I ran into the Mormon missionary. So it was like amazing timing because <laughs> it's like, oh, I ran into the Mormon missionaries and I just gave them the stank eye and ignored them when they asked me a question. And then today I wake up being like, you're officially resigned from the Mormon oh. church. I was like, see you later, motherfuckers. I'm out. <laughs> And it was amazing. So fantastic. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that note, do you want to introduce our topic? Yes. So today, I don't really know exactly like how to word this, but we're basically talking about, I guess, the teenage years of being a Mormon. So that includes uh, seminary. And it also includes the Young Women and Young Men's Organizations. (laughs) The joyous times. (laughs) So joyous. So, so joyous. Oh, God. So, um, I guess, do you want to start with talking about, like, the Young Women's Program? Because I figured 
we can kind of cover just sort of what it is and maybe talk a little bit about our experiences in it. Um, obviously, we can't really talk about the young men, but we did get a lot of people that wrote in and told us about stuff, which we'll read at the end, like all of your guys' experiences in like seminary and the, the young men, young women program. Yeah. And um, we can also talk after, um, I guess after we talk about young women's, we can talk about uh, seminary. Well, I don't even know really where to start with young women. I, I, cause I'm trying to keep in, in mind for these listeners who have never, you know, right. grown up in the Mormon church and how to explain that. And I always have to give a shout out to my friend, Karen, because she listens to every episode and she like, I, I don't know if I was the first Mormon she ever met, but I definitely know she didn't grow up religious or like Mormon. And so like, she's always like, what, what's, what is this? And so keeping that in mind, like these friends that I have who are just like, what? Cause it's, it's such a weird way of calling this program too. And in the first place, like if you're not Mormon, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Young women and young men. (laughs) Right. Are you guys pedophiles? Like, what what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I have friends, too, that listen. Um, shout out to all of you. But specifically, my friends Joe and Carolyn, they were listening and they were they've never been Mormon or really known a Mormon. And they were just like, when you were explaining what happens in the temple, I was blown away. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I know, right? So we'll try to keep those people in mind because sometimes it's easy to fall into like just talking about it like we were, you know, like we're Mormons. But yeah. and especially um, using the the terminology as well. Like I forget and I use a lot of Mormon terminology, and then I remember like, oh yeah, people who didn't grow Mormon are gonna have no idea what that is. Like yeah. <laughs> what we're even talking about. Um, so for but, the youth of the church, what were you gonna say, Sam? Oh no no, go ahead. Oh, so for the youth of the church, um. Now, when Sarah and I were in it, like the programs for the youth, like the teenagers started when you were 12, but now they start when you're 11. So they're starting. Oh, I didn't know that. Here. Yeah. Um, it's another, I think that's another thing that I think Russell Nelson did to be, you know, he's so pr- progressive <laughs> calling oh, 11 year olds teenagers. So now the 11 year olds, like the 11 year old boys they get the ironic priesthood when they're 11 and the girls get to go into the class called the beehives. So lucky, lucky women, you know, they don't get the priesthood or anything. They just get to go to a class with the 12 and 13 year old girls. So yeah, the, obviously the boys and girls are separated and for Sunday time, they have, you know, the young woman's class, which are separated into the, so I guess 11 to 14 or yeah, 11 to 13 is the beehives. Then the 14 and 15 year olds are called the Maya maids and the (laughs) 16 and 17 year olds are called the laurels. And then once you hit 18, you graduate into the relief society with all of the women of the ward. I just imagine people listening being like, what in the actual fuck? Like, I am a terms. I know. Um, But in comparison and contrast, so the young men, they at 11, they get the ironic priesthood and they can pass the sacrament, which is, you know, a big deal. And then when they turn and they're called a deacon. And then when they turn 14, they're called a teacher. And they get to prepare the sacrament, which is also a big deal. 
Then when they turn 16, they become a priest, which is not like the traditional priest of other churches. That's just kind of the title for them. But they do um, get to bless the sacrament, which is, you know, the biggest deal probably of those three. And then they also get the power to like baptize people and give blessings and stuff like that when they're 16. So they get all that really, really, really cool stuff, right? All that power. And the the women, they don't really get anything. They just get a name change. Like exactly. From- That's what I was just thinking. Like, I literally just want to, like, insert this question one more time at this appropriate time. <laughs> but, like, how can you be a feminist and a Mormon when literally from a young age of 11, you have these drastic differences of, like, okay, so you have a deacon, which sounds cool, and you have a fucking beehive. Okay. <laughs> then you have a teacher, which insinuates authority, leadership, and then you have a Maya maid. Mm-hmm. Maid. Yep. What does that insinuate? Like submissive servant. Then you have what was it, priest compared uh-huh. to a laurel? Like what? Yeah, I know. And then we don't get to do anything. Like the women, so you get these titles, like Katie said, and you get no new responsibilities. It's just like they teach you has a beehive to be like you know sewing shit and like yeah. baking stuff and then like when you turn to like a my maid it's like all right well now you gotta like talk about dating a bit and like well, how you should be a good girlfriend good wife good mother blah, blah. everything and like yeah everything is focused in the young woman's program mm-hmm. on becoming a future mother and wife like everything oh. that's what it's centered around and I had forgotten how it's blatant too they don't even try to hide it they have in their um pamphlet for the young woman it's called a personal progress pamphlet and like uh sort of like a workbook that they have to they have to complete to graduate the young women's program and everything in it that you have to do like all of these tasks and like projects they all revolve around obviously the church and then becoming a mother and a wife. So, yep. whereas the boys, they do things like play basketball, go camping, like Boy <laughs> learn how to make like, cool little cars that they race. Like they yeah. get to do the cool stuff. And the women are learning how to take care of children, how to bake, how to sew, how to, um, you know, do other tasks around the home, like organization and uh ironing shit like that yeah and we're not exaggerating like I feel like no, people are gonna listen is... and be like oh they're just being bitter snarky bitches no, no, no like we real. are not exaggerating this yeah. is real and like young women activities I remember also doing stuff like um well maybe this is because I grew up in the south but we had like etiquette classes and like oh, yes. basically like stuff to like train you to be a debutante was like our classes and then your service activities always involved babysitting for women in the church because only women can babysit. Like, men don't know what to do with children. They don't have to do that on young men's. And, like, babysitting activities, always sewing. I, like, hated it so much. It was always some type of arts and crafts program, which I hate arts and crafts. Like, I it was, like, torture for me as a kid growing <laughs> up, like, having to do all that stuff. Like, now I enjoy it more because I'm not forced. But at that right, age, right. I was, like, and I was quite openly feminist at that age. She'd be like, why do we have to do that when the boys are playing basketball and having fun and we're like fucking crocheting a, our values <laughs> on right. a pillowcase I'm never going to use? Like, Or even more submissive is we did a lot of stuff for the 
elders, like the missionaries who are men. Oh, it was yes. never for the women missionaries in my ward, which I, we rarely had because it was such a small area. But if we did have, we didn't actually cater to them or serve to them. Like it was just the elders. We would cook dinners for them. We would mm-hmm. sew anything like maybe they had a patch that needed to be done in their suit or their blazer or their zipper or whatever. We would take care of that. Like we would, I mean, I had an entire project dedicated to, writing all of the elders parents on their behalf and getting like pictures of their childhood to like create a collage to like help be supportive on their mission oh my god yeah no, that's, <laughs> yeah that's a very typical experience too like she's not exaggerating you guys no. I, I I experienced like a lot of those same things and I'm sure oh. a lot of you listeners can agree like it it is so blatantly sexist, but I'd I'd sort of blocked it out. I'd sort of forgotten exactly how sexist it was until I I read this personal progress pamphlet and I I was floored. Like, wow, I I went through that shit. <laughs> oh, I don't even I was too scared to even open that kind of stuff because I'm like, it would just make me so angry. Like remember because I I don't know if you did it, Katie, but I completed that thing. Oh, like I did was- too. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, you already have the pressure of being, like, in high school trying to, like, do your grades, especially if you want to go to a good university or whatever you want to do after um, high school. You're, like, focused on getting good grades, having all the activities. If you're in sports, you're doing that. And then on top of that, you have this stupid-ass, like, program that you have to, like, complete by the time you graduate and it's like you have all these things that you have to get checked off and then like if you don't complete it it's like shame like oh you were the one who didn't do it like oh yeah so I was thinking about this and I was thinking about how you know they indoctrinate the teenagers so hard because they take up so much of their time so like so you have your meetings on Sunday and then you know, you'll have, sometimes you'll be, have a calling as well. Remember, you could be like the Mayanade president or something, and then you have mm-hmm. to, pl- you have to prepare something for Sunday. Then on Mondays, you have family home evening. And then sometime during the week, you would usually go to like the temple to do baptisms for the dead. Mm-hmm. On Wednesdays, you have your mutual. young women, or yeah, the, uh, they call it mutual. And it's like the young men, young women activity that's on Wednesday evenings. And then like on your weekends, they'll do things like ward picnics or like ward volleyball shit or like volunteer work, chapel cleaning, stuff like that. And then yep. to every single day when you're a teenager, well, I guess every single weekday, you also have seminary. So it's like, and then like Sarah was saying, if you have extracurriculars or sports or like a part-time job, these poor kids, like they just can't. Oh, and you're expected to read the entire Book of Mormon and complete this personal progress thing. So this personal progress thing, you guys, they have, we'll we'll get to it. I want to read it because it's like crazy. Like it's very nostalgic, (laughs) but they have these different values that Sarah mentioned before. And there's eight of them. And so for each value, the young women have to complete this like project and the project is supposed to take at least 10 hours for each value. So that's over yeah. 80 hours just on the projects. And then besides the projects, they also have, what is it called? It's like these little other things they have to do that also take up a whole bunch. Oh, experiences, value experiences. Oh, 
And also, because I was just like reminiscing while Katie was chatting about all this stuff. So another element of brainwashing that I just want to emphasize that every Sunday and every Wednesday before these activities start, so like in so on Wednesday before your activity starts, and then on Sunday while you're in the classes, you stand up and you recite a memorized like, yes, it is so thing about funny. young women's and like your values, like to the point that as a 30 fucking year old, I still can remember. I was just going through my head the values. It's like faith. No, wait, 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 like, hold on, hold on. Can you say it from the very beginning? Because it's this whole long thing. And once I read it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I can remember most of this. Do you remember I think, it at all? I don't remember. I just remember. I don't know what part it is. Like, we believe in being faith, virtue, or something, like, in of good works. And Yeah. But I just okay. remember the values are like, um, oh, fuck. I just had them, and now I can't. <laughs> Dang it. I interrupted you. I'm nature, sorry. Individual works knowledge choice and accountability good works and integrity ah you got them yeah and guys how it goes this whole thing you guys so if you've never been mormon the women like the young women they stand up this is like before yeah your young woman's class or before your activity and they go they all they all chant this together they go we are daughters of our heavenly father Father. who loves us and we love him we love him we will stand as witnesses of God, God at, at all, all times, times and in all things and in all places, places. as we strive to live the young woman values, values which, which are faith, faith, divine, divine nature, individual worth. worth. Uh, huh? So faith, divine nature, individual worth, knowledge, no, choice, choice and accountability, accountability good, good works, and integrity. And guess what? They added one in like 2009. What is and it? Guess it's fucking virtue. Oh. Basically so, about oh. being a virgin. Yeah, they added that one in. So that's now a thing. And then they say, we believe as we come to accept and act upon these values, we will be prepared to strengthen home and family, make and keep sacred comfortance, <laughs> receive the ordinances of the temple, and enjoy the blessings of exaltation. Isn't that great? <laughs> fucking brainwash I do not have that in front of my head that's just from reciting that for how many years yeah. and it's been like 18 years since I did that I know I I was blown away that I still was like oh I don't even need to read this I remember this <gasps> like every sick and I know this is a bit it's not off topic but just to like reiterate as well like it's so much brainwashing like this isn't just in young women like you do it as in primary, like these primary songs you memorize and it's like these church doctrines that you like memorize in songs and as a kid and then you have to memorize scriptures and then in seminary, which we'll talk about later, you have to, it's like required that you memorize a certain amount of scriptures before you can graduate that year. Yeah, scripture mastery, women, right? Huh? Scripture mastery, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then you have young men, young women, where you have to recite this shit. And then, like, it's so much brainwashing. So it's much. Mm-hmm. I know. And so in those, those uh, what do they call them, those values. So, like, for example, in the, I don't know, the good works, like, value. You'd have to do these projects where you were, like, serving someone else. That's where, what Sarah was talking about is, you know, you sew someone for, sew, sew something for someone or make 
food for someone, but it has to be at least 10 hours worth of it for the project and then all those other value experiences. And I was I was going through this pamphlet. You guys, even for the the category of knowledge, like you would think that they would have something in there like complete a school project or like tell it like brainstorm what career you would like. No. There is there is nothing in there. It is all about the knowledge of like like ask your mom to teach you how to sew, like learn how to play the piano and sing or uh, learn how to cook a meal from your grandmother, like learn how to organize and clean. It was all of that. Like it, I couldn't even I, it was so crazy to me. But I was like, I guess I shouldn't be shocked cuz I lived through this and I know how sexist it is, but uh like, and then so, I I read the one they have one for the boys called duty to God, but they don't have to do any like projects. They just kind of get signed off by their leaders. And in every, like every single little, um, like page, you know, that you go through for that, they tell them like do such and such to make sure that you get an education and you go to school and you get a good job and you make the, you know, a good amount of money and like, you know, how to do that uh, but they and they I think they mentioned in there like prepare to become a father and a husband like once or twice like uh. it's it's all about you know making the men <laughs> be the breadwinners and the women are preparing to stay at home with the children and so like again if you know feminist Mormons out there listening if you are I'm assuming you're not but if you are riddle me this how can you like <laughs> How can you be a feminist and think that that's okay, that the Mormon church ingrains this type of doctrine and brainwashing into the young women and thinks that that's like, because, I mean, of course, like all the activities and all that you're reciting and these projects you're doing, I remember thinking like my only purpose in life and until I left the church at 28 was to be a wife and a mother and to be like supportive of the priest and my righteous priesthood holder husband and to be a great perfect wife to my kid and mother to my kids and like be able to cook flawlessly and clean and like you know not be career oriented as they always said like you shouldn't be so focused on career and traveling and blah 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 and it was like depressing and I would fight it I mean I, I fought and that was one of the biggest reasons I didn't want to go to BYU I changed my mind like two weeks before and decided to go there. But I was like, because everyone told me, if you go to BYU, you're going to get like a degree in MRS. And like, you know, that's the only reason why women go. And, and But they were like talking about it in a good way. like, And that's what I thought was so gross is that all yeah. the women was like, oh, it's a good thing. You're going to go get married. And all the missionaries were like, yeah, you're going to get married. And then I got there. Well, at first I was like, no, that's not going to happen to me. And then, of course, like, my Mormon subconscious was like, oh, but maybe that is going to happen. Like, I'll tell you what, <laughs> give myself six months and I got a ring on this finger. Oh, my God. Hashtag 28 and still not. So I was like, clearly that oh, wasn't I'm my so, plan. I'm so glad you didn't marry some guy from BYU, oh. though. Like, also, oh, I was going to say, like, oh, like, it kind of sucks that you chose to go to BYU. But also, it doesn't because we wouldn't have met. If you didn't go to BYU. true. You and I would have never met and I wouldn't have gone. Because to be honest, guys, I think that I, I, if I would have went to like a university in Georgia that I planned to go to, I probably would have left the church by default just by like partying and stuff. 
but never really like understood why. So then I think right. I would have come back and been like, oh, I was, I was, I strayed away for so long. <laughs> you, were stra- you lost hold of that rock hard iron rod. <laughs> iron rod. Hashtag thank you high school student for giving us that great <laughs> troll advice. We appreciate it. So good. Ugh, which this is like kind of off topic, but not. But Katie, did you see that troll that we had right before we started recording that was telling us about like how being Mormon is the same as being a human? (laughs) I mean, it's obviously another teenager. He was just like, oh my God, I can't, I can't handle those trolls. (laughs) Yeah, he's just like, so you chose to not be Mormon anymore because you didn't like the history of Mormonism. So are you saying you're not a human? And I was like, what the fuck like what no being a Mormon is a choice you make um being a human I can't really control you know he was like well humans have done bad stuff in history so why don't you just become a dog and I'm like trust me man I would if I could because I love dogs (laughs) but if you do yeah you just don't choose to be a human you can choose what religion or not religion be a human god damn it anyways that was a little off topic but okay Trolls, like they're just like gems in tart in like terms of like just making me laugh. Like it pisses me off at first, and I'm just like fucking idiot. And then afterwards, I'm like, no, that's a gem. That's a gem. That's that's a good one. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna laugh about it later. Put it out of my pocket and be like, that was good. I enjoyed it. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Back to young women. Ooh. Another activity, sorry, a sidebar, sidetrack. This is probably why people skip over the part where I'm talking because I'm like a spaz and I can't keep on topic. But this is related. So I remember one of the activities in Young Women is so gross. It's so gross. Um, women, married women in our ward, donated their wedding dresses for an activity so that we could try them on and look at ourselves in the mirror to say, this will be us one day. We'll be married in the temple and to like remind ourselves. And then that was the same activity that we wrote letters to our future husbands. And we like, you know, express like what type of woman we would be, which would be a righteous, virtuous young woman, young woman, and all the qualities we would have. And then all the qualities that they would have, which are not, functional in the least that we've talked about this before but like I read mine because my mom like gave it to me the last time I was home like in her last effort to bring me back to the <laughs> church it was like look at this letter I found that you wrote in young women and it was like a you know a priesthood holder who's worthy and righteous and um went on a mission those were my criteria nothing about oh, being wow. nice kind selfless loving like open-minded none of that and then we tried on wedding dresses and walked around the church chapel in them that is so disturbing but you know what I can see myself being like a 14 year old girl and thinking that's super fun and amazing because like I think when you're a teenager you're kind of obsessed with like romance anyways you know because of like television and movies and stuff and so you're like oh yeah I'm gonna get married and especially when you're in a culture like that that tells you that that's your ultimate goal but it's so gross looking back at it now that oh yeah they would do yeah I oh yuck it was like and then it had to be modest of course and so like 
it was this whole issue because some of the women who donated the dresses for this activity, they didn't get married in the temple, so they weren't, like, modest. So then, like, the other part of the activity was, like, coming up with creative ways to, like, make the wedding dress a modest one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so cringy. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. There that is. So maybe you want to read some of the the good the gems and the um, pamphlet thing. What's it called? Personal progress. Oh, the personal progress. Well, <laughs> I just wanted to mainly read that theme that we that we read. Well, that you didn't have to read because you remembered it all. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically all I really wanted to like read because they have lots of different things in like the experiences or um, I haven't like really highlighted any of them, but a lot of stuff about like preparing to be a mother and preparing to be a worthy wife, preparing to like go to the temple and stuff. And then just learning skills that are, that are traditionally like, you know, the quote unquote feminine role. And it's just, it's gross. Oh, I don't like and it. another one too is, uh, <laughs> again, riddle me this. Uh, another thing that they they emphasize when they so when young women they talk about dating at a certain age so you know when you're 16 or whatnot um, but even in its group dates but then they talk about like dating in general how like a woman should be what is it well kempt no what is how would you say it? like basically like you know you need to make sure that like, you wear appropriate makeup and like your hair is nice and like you know, your good hygiene and like all it's so like very like focused on like the woman being perfect as far as like physical goes yeah. as well. Yep. Like it, you're taught from a very young age that like in order for you to get a date, you need to do these things to be like physically fit and like, you know, you need to have perfect makeup and like your, you know, clothes need to be modest and not suggestive in any way, but like also clean and good and like so just, like, all this shit that I remember arguing as a kid, like, a kid, like, 16-year-old being like, well, what if someone is, like, from a poor household or whatever and doesn't have clean clothes or maybe it doesn't have access to showers every single day? Like, are we just supposed to, like, overlook them and not be nice to them or think that they're not dateable? And my young women leader was like, well, that's not what it means. It just means that, like, you know, if you, if you do have access and that's what you should be doing and blah, 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 blah. And I was like but aren't you supposed to love people for their inside and like their personality? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kept arguing. And she was just like, that's not the point. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, uh-huh. Ugh, oh my God. Yeah. Like, so for example, right here, um, this is in underneath knowledge. So this is supposed to be all about knowledge, right? And these are suggestions for what you should do for your value project. That's supposed to take you like 10 hours. So the first one they suggest says, Learn how to organize, clean, and maintain a home from your mother, grandmother, or another woman you admire. What? <laughs> That's, that is their suggest their top suggested project under the value of knowledge. Another one says, read Doctrine and Covenants 89. Consider what you can do to be more physically fit. <gasps> That's under knowledge. Okay, here's another one. What? Working with your mother, grandmother, or a woman in your ward, master a homemaking skill she teaches you. This is all under knowledge. Like, this is, like, I'm, 
Ah! <laughs> I'm just not like, like you know find an interesting topic in politics or you know a book a classic literature and like discuss that and like you know what I mean like shit that actually should be under knowledge not like how to be domestic like yep. really <laughs> here's another one study the young woman theme and what it teaches you about who you are what you are to do and why you are to do it list in your journal what you will do each day with regard to modesty dating to be morally clean and worthy to enter the temple (laughs) it infuriates me so i'm not going to read more but they're all very similar to that (laughs) gross right it makes me really really pissed that it's still happening and also that I have like loved ones who are in it. I just want to like baby shake them and be like, don't do it. Like, don't do it. Oh, get out of there. It's going to fucking ruin your perspective of the world and like how you are as a woman and how you are as an individual. Like, I mean, fuck that shit. Like, seriously. Uh, uh, I can't. Uh, uh, anyways, should we do. Do you want to talk more about young women's or do you want to touch on seminary? Well, yeah, I think we're, I can't even do any more on young women because it makes <laughs> me want to like karate chop everyone in the face right now. So okay. <laughs> I know, I guess we can just basically explain like what seminary is for people who don't know it. Um, It's not because I think when people think seminary, they think of a, what, like a theological college or divinity school yeah. that. You know, but this, but Mormon seminary is for teenagers. So you start going when you're in uh, ninth grade all the way up until when you graduate high school. Um, And in Utah, and I think in some areas of like Idaho and Arizona, they have what's called like released time mm-hmm. for seminary. So the students that are Mormon, they get a free period of class. And for that period, they like walk out of the high school building, walk a few feet over to the seminary building and spend that class period there. And there's so many Mormons in Utah that the class periods are always full of students. So it's basically just like another, another um, class that you're going to. And it's mixed into your school day. And you do that every day. That is great. When I found that out when I went to BYU, first I was pissed because I was like, <laughs> that's so unfair. But second of all, I was just like, ew, it's just so bizarre. Like I in the States, we take pride in this whole like separation of church and religion. And I get that they like technically ha- it is separated, but I just feel like it's not. Like in Utah, yeah. I feel like it's just. It's I all know. intertwined and like it's there is no real separation of church and state at all. But yeah, especially because um, they're getting it in their regular class day and the, exactly. all the high schools have like this seminary building. That's yeah, like I it's literally just a couple feet away from the building. But in other states and like countries like Sarah experienced, you have to go to early morning seminary. Yeah, it was a bitch. So mine was like part of my deal. My mom, because I, I mean, I was like, I went to church and stuff as a teenager, but as I've mentioned before, I was not like the most active. Like I did it, like I didn't get, I had to because my mom was kind of like, you have to go every Wednesday and Sunday. 
but I never had like a strong testimony. I drank a bit in high school and seminary. I thought was just like total bullshit, but I had to go because it was like, all right, you can't drive unless you go to seminary. So, um, but mine was at 7am and I lived out in the middle of the country. So it took me 30 minutes to get to seminary from where I lived by driving. And so, I mean, I got up at 5.30 every morning to go to fucking seminary at 7 a.m. And it was 45 minutes or 50 minutes long. And I had, so my first year when I was 14, 14 and 15, there was one other student in there. That was it. Wow. Me and this other girl and a teacher who also, this teacher wasn't paid like they're not paid or in other states outside of Utah they're not paid like this woman had to go to work and so she also had to get up at like a butt crack of dawn to go teach us before Mm -hmm. going to her actual job at like 8 a.m. That sucks. And I felt bad for her like now I feel bad because I've seen her you know since you know obviously being an adult now and I always just feel so bad because I was such a bitch like I was the worst like And especially because after the first two years, that third year I was in seminary, I was the only student. So it was just me and this teacher. And talking about being grumpy as hell, like I am not a morning person and having (laughs) to get up and go to seminary for 45, 50 minutes every single morning and be the only student who had to answer every fucking question. That's crazy. That is, that is so, so opposite from like, yeah. Cause in my, experience, it was, it was so like, awkward. yeah, it was like in my experience, a class of like 30 kids every single time. But then I can't even imagine being the only one. Cause yeah, you have to, <laughs> that, that was that sounds terrible it was awful and I just felt bad like now I feel bad because like I said I was so mean she would ask me the questions because you know as part of the lesson like they're tailored for like a large group of kids and so there's lots of questions and trying to get like engagement and I would just be like I don't know I don't know you tell me you have the answer in front of you I don't know you tell me like <laughs> awesome. <laughs> too early for this garbage and I'm not even allowed to have coffee so exactly and it was like it was also embarrassing for me because like there weren't a lot of like I said we've mentioned I've mentioned before like I was the only Mormon most of the time in my high school like the first two years there was another Mormon and then my last year there was like a freshman who was Mormon but other than that it was just like me and so like having to explain to friends like oh I have like this thing I have to go to before school that's like a church and they're like what and the actual (laughs) fuck like what and also at that time too I was like which I'm sure Katie was the same for you I was getting up that early I was also in like the like the most like the what are they called like AP classes as well so really large load of like homework and shit to do and I played soccer after school and had practice for like two hours every day. So, I mean, my day started like 5.30. I would go home at like 7 every day. And then you're expected to have dinner with your family. You're expected to work on your personal progress. You're expected to do like scripture study and prayer and do all of that stuff as well. It's exactly. And have mutual on Wednesday night. And because I live so far away from that town, like I couldn't just drive home from after school or after soccer and then go back to mutual. I had to stay in town, 
So I literally did my homework in the church parking lot waiting for like someone to get there to let me into the church so that I could go to mutual, which I was like very resentful to my parents or my mom because I was like, I don't want to be here. And there were (laughs) no cute Mormon guys growing up. Like if there were any, it was like one, one or two Mormon guys in my entire world branch and they were like weird as fuck so I was like what am I doing with my life (laughs) did uh did your mom was it a pressure from your mom to go to seminary a hundred percent she told me so basically and this makes me sound really bratty and yeah it's a hundred percent hashtag privileged and whatever but I mean it's the truth my mom was like my parents got me a jeep and they're like okay you can drive but my mom was like my dad wasn't Mormon, so he didn't give a fuck, but my mom was like, you can only drive the Jeep if you go to seminary, and so it was, like, kind of mm. blackmail, like, yeah. I had to to go to seminary in order for me to drive, so. Yeah, you know, I think, and for, for kids who grew up in Utah, it's, like, it's this societal pressure, like, if you choose to not take that release time and go to seminary, it is, like, a huge deal. People definitely judge you and look down on you. And there's a, there's crazy pressure to graduate from seminary. So if you don't like, you're definitely an outcast. So it was a lot more of like a cultural and societal pressure. And I'm sure people all still get pressure from their parents to do it, but it's kind of like the whole, like everyone's doing it. So you just got to do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about that, but I imagine that would I mean, I never, you know, I experienced that with seminary, but I experienced that with Institute um, in Utah, which for listeners, that's like once you, you graduate from high school and you go to college. So at the age of 18, or if you don't go to college or whatever you do, but at the age of 18, um, you go to what's called Institute and Institute is from 18 to 30. I think that's right. Um, and it's like another, like usually on a Thursday or a Tuesday, but I think it's usually Thursday. It's like another class. Like you go and like it's like an hour plus like a lesson that you like have per week. And then you have to like study and it's a theme. So like it will be like the Book of Mormon this mm-hmm. semester or Doctrine and Covenants or whatever. And then after that, you have like an activity like either you have dinner together or snacks or whatever and it's like a social event and in Utah I was like I don't want to go to like I thought it was so stupid because I was at BYU taking religion courses already and then people getting like peer pressure from the ward I was in which is also your apartment complex people being like oh you're not going to institute this week and I was like no like I don't have more time to spare and like (laughs) I'm already taking a religion class like I'm already going to fucking FHE and munch and mingle and to church on Sunday <laughs> and having to read like whatever book that we're reading at that time in addition to the Book of Mormon plus my college classes plus working it's like when am I supposed to have time to do anything you know no it's so true like they suck up all your time yeah, and then if you don't go to institute, then you're, like, seen as, like, not a righteous woman or uh-huh. not a worthy priesthood holder. So then no one wants to date you because you don't go to institute. Yeah, so. that's how it was for seminary in high school, too. Like, if you don't Ew. go, you're, you're one of the bad kids. And then, Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty so nice. Um, and you brought I'm up. so vanilla. 
I like how you brought up that the before, like the early morning seminary teachers, they don't get paid. But the ones that teach teach release time seminary, they do get paid by the church. I think it's fucked. Yeah, it's coming from tithing money. Um, So seminary, I looked it up. A seminary teacher's salary is anywhere between $70,000 and $80,000 a year. Stop it. And a public school teacher in Utah makes um, the average, or I don't know if it's the average, but like the one, the thing that I looked up that told me said a public public school teacher in Utah makes fifty six. <gasps> so seminary teachers get paid quite a bit more, and what? The what are only the requirements. The <laughs> only the only qualification to do it is you have to have a bachelor's degree. Of any kind. And you have to be Mormon, obviously. And it says here, you have to exemplify church teachings regarding marriage and family life. So basically, you have to be (laughs) anti-gay. And uh, then, yeah, you can teach seminary. And you make that much money. You make more than the teachers who actually went to school and got, like, their their degree to be an educator and are teaching real things like science and math that actually fucking matter. And you can just teach this book of Mormon lies and make 80 (laughs) K. This is blowing my mind. You know what? Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. I take back everything I said in this podcast. Will you please let me be a seminary teacher? Because then I can make 80,000. Like I take it all back. Hire me as a teacher. I will teach the hell out of the Book of Mormon. I they promise. also get they also get like full benefit full benefits, 401k, all that stuff. Yeah. This is blowing my mind. I did not know that because I remember a few friends and at BYU that were telling me that either their parents were seminary teachers or like uh, that they were going to do that eventually. And I was always really confused. I was like, wait, what? But that's like free. How do your parents make money or how do you expect to make money? And then when they told me that they got paid, I just completely forgot. But I remember thinking, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, they probably make like maybe 25K, maybe 30, like. Yeah. And so this is just what I found. Yeah. This is just what I found on online. So I guess like, listeners if you think I got that wrong you can fact check me but that was that was what I could find that was what was reported so yeah that right. is crazy sister little is back and reporting <laughs> give me a job elder Nelson president Nelson whatever Ugh. your name is <laughs> it just makes me so mad that they make more or even yeah I don't know it just makes me mad and it makes me mad that they don't pay something to the early morning people that's you know, what if I mean. gonna, I'm like, this if they're gonna pay that much, yeah, yeah. Because Ugh. the woman who taught me was like a single mother, a divorcee, and she worked at a library. She wasn't a librarian; she just worked at a library. So you know, she's not making. I mean, bless her heart. I don't know her financial means. I don't know how much she was making, but I do know she wasn't like crazy well off. You know what I mean? And she's having to do the seminary before and go to her actual job. And I guarantee you she's not making 80K. <laughs> so, like. Yeah. And so so maybe, like, 80K is after you've, I don't know, worked your way up and you become the seminary president. I don't know. <laughs> but still, starting at around 70K, that's pretty That's pretty good. That's fucking crazy. That's uh, so much money. Like, yeah. for teaching. Ugh, I just can't. I know. I mean, and also, I want to know, like, how 
how would they even get evaluated as a teacher? Like, do they keep track of like how many kids remain active and go on missions and like get right. married? Like how, or, you know, or the, their people like leaving the church becoming inactive. Like, I wonder if that would affect their, their credentials or like their um, yearly reviews, you know, like yeah, how I don't know. Assess that. Yeah. I'm not sure. That's an interesting, oh, interesting question. I, I'm not sure. Oh man, my mind is blown, you guys. Crazy, right? It yeah. And you know what? For me, <laughs> for me, um, I went to seminary. I hated it. Um, but it was relatively easy, I think, you know, to just kind of skate along. And I didn't do a lot of the work, but they want you to graduate so badly that they give you like I had to do packets of makeup work at like right before I graduated high school so that I could graduate seminary. And I remember it was just like the easiest stuff to bullshit because it's just all faith-based, right? So you can just be like, oh yeah, I read this in the scriptures, blah, 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 blah. And so I graduated. <laughs> Gradu- what? That's crazy. Oh no. Uh, anyways. Guys, this episode, it's like walking down memory lane and it's been like, oh, I remember being like that. And then it's also like, oh yeah, that makes me real angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to read now some of what the listeners sent in about yes. all experiences? Okay. So I got the screenshots. And so, yeah, sit with us, listeners. I know this one's going a little bit longer than normal, but we want to read your Bye. stories. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about it. Sorry. Sorry about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this person wrote in. I was always jealous of my brothers. Summer activities were always better than mine. I remember spending an entire month learning how to knit. Then there was the activity where we went to the grocery store to learn how to meal plan for a family on a budget. I think we cooked dinner for the bishop that night. Oh, my God. (laughs) I just. It's so relatable. Um, Okay, so this person said. One time in seminary, we were having the lesson on black people in the priesthood. I was already mentally out of the church, but still went to seminary regularly. Anyways, my teachers opened up the floor to questions since they knew it was a sensitive topic. I asked, how do we know when to follow the prophet and how do we know they aren't influenced by their culture? My teachers were kind of stumped and said, we need to have faith. But that's not where it ends. The next day, my teacher comes up to me and hands me the doubt not but be believing talk by (laughs) Renland. After skimming it, I was livid. It was so unhelpful and condescending. So in the middle of the class, I handed it back to him and told him, thanks, but it's not helpful. And he was shocked. (laughs) Yes. Yay. Okay, here's another one. So I'm currently a teenager in the church. I'm closeted exmo, and I'm forced to attend until college. This doesn't happen now that we've had a change in leadership, but it used to be that we'd have a combined youth lesson at least every month or two where they'd lecture us about the dangers of sex and porn. They'd get all 60 of the teenagers together in one room. It got super hot because there's no AC and spent an hour talking about porn and addiction and how we must go tell our bishop if we've ever broken the law of chastity. It didn't really face me at the time, but now I realize how crazy that is. It was always so awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, that's so traumatizing. Those poor kids, you know? Oh, I just can't think of hardly anything worse. That just seems so yucky. Oh my gosh. Okay, so 
So this one made me giggle. Like, I legitimately giggled when I read this one. (laughs) Okay, so, oh, so he talks about EFY. So for listeners who don't know, EFY is, it stands for, is it especially for youth? I don't know, because we didn't have that really where I came from. But yeah, I think that's. Yeah, it's it's a week-long, like, summer camp kind of thing that you go to at BYU. So if you're in Utah, like, you'll go for a week to BYU and they have like churchy activities and you get to like mingle with people of the opposite sex and whatever. It's just super. And if you're like rich enough and privileged enough and white, then your parents will fly you there from wherever you're, you're from. So even like Europeans go there and like, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So he says, I think anyone who had to go to EFY can say how awkward and ridiculous that whole week was, especially everyone singing that Armies of Helaman, Daughters of Zion song at the end of the Friday night dance. (laughs) The the second the guys and the girls would start singing together, everyone would start to cry. It was totally the spirit and not raging teenage hormones. I also... (laughs) I also found it ridiculous how much the church focused on men going on missions and only after a mission could they expect to date a quality girl. They seemed to utilize teenagers' natural sexual natural sexual curiosities and desires to force men on missions by holding the women hostage till men gave their two years. Every lesson always had that you'll use this on your mission so you can come home and find a hot wife undertone oh. in all young men lessons. And then he, like, wrote a follow-up one about EFY that said, I thought I was so cool in my polo shirts all week and my blue button-up with gold tie on Friday night (laughs) singing the song. Literally the only adjective that comes to mind is basic. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And this just came to mind. But how awkward was it to escort the girls around all week? I'm all for being a gentleman, but that was ridiculous. Not only was it the least progressive thing ever, but it was totally okay for guys to escort more than one girl at a time. Polygamy throwback. And it was so damn awkward because after spending 30 minutes walking around Utah in July with 100 degree plus heat linked arm in arm with a girl or two and your elbows would be dripping with sweat the, the rest of your day your arms would smell like a mix of sweat aeropostale perfume and axe body spray <laughs> I was out in public when we got that message and I kid you not I laughed out loud like it was- <laughs> It, like, drew such a picture with, like, the gold tie and everyone singing that dumb song and people crying. It's just like, oh, my God. Like, it's such a horror. I'm not a singer, obviously, so I won't continue. But it is, like, horrible, you guys. Like, the women have to sing their part as sisters in Zion. And then the men sing, like, um... Uh, fuck, what was it? I was just thinking. Armies of Helaman. Armin, yeah. yeah, Armin. And they kind of like sing them together, so it's like a little duet. And everyone's just like, oh, it's so spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That but they don't even stop at like being a teenager. I remember singing that shit at like a, a young single adult convention in Europe. I think it was the second one I went to or the first one and they did it and it was in German, which was even worse. And I was like, oh my <laughs> God, shoot me now. And everyone's like crying and then they have like a fast and testimony meeting and they're all getting up there and bearing their testimony and the women are like, 
oh, I just want to marry this guy. He's so righteous. And the women would get up and bear their testimony. And they'd be like, yeah, I'm going to ask her out now. And I was just sitting there like, what? (laughs) Oh, my God. So crazy. So much craziness. Okay. Here's another one. I went to high school in Oregon, so seminary was always before school, like ridiculously early before school. It went from 5.45 to 7, but school didn't even start until 9. My freshman year, my parents petitioned to get seminary later, thinking it was a reasonable request. They ended up having two classes, and I went to the later one. I was one of two students in the class. The rest of the 20-some students went to the early class. We ended up being guilted and bullied for going to the later class because we were supposedly less righteous for, for prioritizing prioritizing sleep, and the people going to the earlier class would be blessed more because they were making the bigger sacrifice. Oh, my dear Lord. Dear baby Jesus. I it's, like, can't. so believable. I can just imagine that happening. Like, yeah. See, luckily, I never had to go through that shit as a teenager because it just didn't happen in Georgia, but, man... Sucks. That's next level. Also, 545, what were they thinking? <laughs> also, they, also, like, your high school needs to get some drama up in there. Like, introduce some alcohol, some weed, some something. Because if that's your only drama is whether or not someone gets up for the early seminary class or not, I your know. life is basic. <laughs> <laughs> that is some boring shit. <laughs> Do better. Throw in some STD scares, some pregnancy scares, like get Get something happening. (laughs) (laughs) This one says, um, her seminary teacher told her class that even Hitler went to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) Um, Okay, this one says, I got straight up bullied and called out by the seminary teacher in testimony meeting for choosing to go on dates and eventually date a boy in my ward before I was 16. She got up in front of everyone and said how her daughters were so strong for not accepting date offers since they aren't 16 yet. This was the day after I had just gone to a dance with this guy. She claims it wasn't aimed towards me. But we had had problems with this family in the past. Her daughters joined in on bullying me in seminary class. Eventually, I quit because I couldn't stand to be there and felt so alienated. Uh, Such a big deal, like, that Mormons make. So, if, yeah, if you're not Mormon, it's, like, a huge thing in Mormonism that um, you can't date until you're 16. And if you yep. go on a date before then, you are a gigantic whore. <laughs> yep, and especially if it's not a Mormon. Yeah, yeah. Um, This one's kind of crazy. I had a seminary teacher tell us that even once you were married, you couldn't use sex toys or do role play. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what, how, why would you bring that up to teenagers? Yikes. I didn't even know what a sex toy was in high school. I'm not going to lie. I was that naive. I was, I did not even know what a dildo was until I think I was in college. So I'd have been yeah. like, what's a sex toy? I know, and I'd be like, what, what do you mean role play? Yeah, then I'd go look it up online and be like, oh, okay. Um, Thank you, Mary teacher. Thanks. <laughs> um, I like this one. Um, it says, what isn't awkward about young men, young women? <laughs> Growing up gay in the church when I did was awkward AF. Now it's torture. The church pretended we didn't exist, so it was easy to hide. Oh. Mm. Um. Not being able to go to school dances with the same guy twice in a row. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. I think it's not like a like technically a hard and fast rule, but I've heard it before. Like strict Mormon parents are like, no, you can't 
like steadily date someone. You know, you have to just like go on very casual dates. Um, in a meeting with a bishop when I was 12, I was asked if I practiced bestiality. <laughs> oh my god! I can't, like what is wrong with bishops? What is wrong with these people? What? Also, again, I wouldn't even know what that was in high school. I'd be like, what does that mean? I know, especially yeah, this girl was 12 when she was asked that. Fuck! I'd be uh, like, does that mean like Beauty and the Beast? I know, I don't get right? it. I would say. So this person says, I sloughed seminary to get food once, and then I had to give a 10-minute speech to the class about my sin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. Seminary teacher made a girl who had two piercings in her ears stand up as a bad example to the class. Wow. If that's not what a, a class of shaming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> took us on a tour of the jail to scare us into not doing drugs and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a margarita, you will end up in jail. That's that's truth. <laughs> oh. Young woman leaders had us do an immodest fashion show to show us what we're not allowed to wear. <laughs> that makes wow. sense. Um, let's see. This person, again. For the lectures, but really for the boys and the dance. That damn dance. Like, it just cracks me up every time. The Friday Ugh. night dance. Ugh. Um, this person said they were denied their patriarch- patriarchal blessing when they were a teenager. Oh, um, a young woman's leader told us we couldn't hug guys tight because they would fill our boobs against them. <laughs> what? Ugh. <laughs> Um, Although I have heard that one before, but I don't think it was from a seminary teacher. I think it was from um, maybe a young women leader or my bishop. I just remember hearing, like, you shouldn't, like, you know, do a bear hug with a a young man until after you're married or some shit like that. And I was like, what? Why? And they're like, because your breasts will press against them. And it's, like, hard for them to control themselves. Like, that same old spiel they always give. And so I was like, what? And that's why, like, honestly, when you would go on dates as a Mormon, you always got either, like, them filling you up and being gross or the opposite, where it was like, I will give you a high five or a side hug. And that's as much action as you're going to (laughs) get. Healthy view on sexuality, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I like this one. She says, I went to seminary every day for two years because I was a convert, so two was it. And I couldn't tell you one single thing I learned. Not one thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I can kind of relate to that. I went for four years and I can't, I can't remember a specific thing that I, like, learned. Because I, yeah, it's all just shit. (laughs) I just, like, yeah, I don't remember. I remember the... The scriptures that you had to memorize, like, I remember a few of them, but nothing more than that. Right. And this person said group dating because single dates could lead to immorality. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My bishop gives kids candy after primary to give him a hug. Ew, I do remember that. Gross. I remember that. Like, I just thought it was a thing, like. The bishop always had candy in his office to give to the kids after church. And I was like, what? So creepy. Yuck. Um, Being the only kid my age in my ward and therefore somehow not having close friends at school. 
That's shitty. My bishop explained in detail what sex was when I was 11. (gasps) Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, As a parent? I mean, I'm not a parent. I was like, as a parent, I ain't a parent. But I would think that, like, parents would be so pissed about that. Like, I would want my child to learn about sex from me or from, like, an educator well, yeah, like a professional, like not a fucking like imagine imagine if like their school principal did that and told them that like you would call the police. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) We like this. And this is from Lisa, our friend Lisa that was on the show. (laughs) She said in all caps, where does one start? Um, um, I like this one. I, I've heard about this, but I never experienced it. Uh, they wrote Mormon prom. So like, oh, did you have one of those, that. Sarah? I think in some places, Mormon prom, like a Mormon dance where the Mormon kids would go instead of like oh. regular prom. This regular prom was all slutty and scandalous, right? So you have like a separate Mormon prom oh, I didn't know that was a thing Awkward. <laughs> Shit. not being able to do baptism for the dead on a youth trip because I was on my fucking period oh oh, oh that just hurts me that's so sad oh that's so embarrassing as a teen as well oh I know Ugh, fucking temple and mormon dances you know <laughs> how about this one I remember one time in seminary, my teacher insisted that Columbus was a prophet sent by God. She said, (laughs) God sent Columbus to America to teach his religion and get rid of ungodly people. What the actual fuck? I just had this, like, great picture in my head of a t-shirt of, like, Columbus, like, a black and white, like, outline of Columbus and Joseph Smith, like you know, giving each other high fives and, like, having gold teeth and gold chains and being like, yeah, we did this. Like, (laughs) this is us. Like, or a wink or something. I don't know. Just something with the two of them being over the top and best friends. Like, Joseph Smith and Columbus, they're besties. Yeah, they're both people that I don't really like. So I think that (laughs) that makes a lot of sense, right? (laughs) (laughs) Although I feel like, no, they can't, like, no, they can't be cool, because when I'm going with my head of, like, gold teeth and gold chains, I think I'm, like, really cool rappers and, like, awesome, amazing people and a great culture and everything. So, no, I don't want them to have that. I want them to have, like, the most <laughs> ridiculous, awful thing, but still humorous. So yes. yes, good idea. I love it. Oh, this one's really similar to yours, Sarah. She said, our young woman group tried on tried on wedding dresses and had our pictures in the wedding dresses. My condolences to mm. you, baby girl. <laughs> My young woman leader had us memorize little things so we could remember how to be chased. It went, head to the knees, hands off, please, head to the toes, nothing goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. That's my boyfriend the next time I see him like no 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 <laughs> head to the toes nothing goes oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah being 12 and being taught how to be a good wife and mother um pressure of showing up or LDS kids would gossip about me leaving the church at high school uh the gossip is real um oh, oh this is funny 
being called into the bishop's office and told we were undermining priesthood authority because we had toilet papered his house. (laughs) 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 Teenagers are such shits. I love it. I know. (laughs) The bishop asking me detailed questions about my sexual transgressions at age 16. Um, It's super weird. It's super weird. You have to date around a ton, but once you get married, it's all about monogamy. That's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this one. I had a guy insist on an opening and closing prayer for our first and only date. <gasps> oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oh, I can, because I went to BYU, and I did have that shit happen to me as well. God. Like, you wanting an opening prayer. prayer. Really? And then, like, one of them drove me. God, they're so gross. Like, I'm not saying you have to spend money on a date. Like, that's not my intention at all. But I had this one guy who, like, wanted to open with a prayer. And then he took me to Wendy's to get food. And then took me on the front steps of the Provo Library to play Connect Four. And every time we put in a piece in Connect Four... We had to talk about like a righteous quality that we seek in a, in a partner. Sarah, you're making this up. This cannot I'm be real. Not. I'm not. <laughs> that is the most Mormon date I've ever heard of, and it. I know, and I remember sitting on the front steps of that library in Provo and just being like, "What in the actual fuck is happening right now?" Like, God. this is not a date. Oh, I was so awful. uncomfortable. Oh. Oh, man, I'm so glad you shared that. I've never heard that one before. (laughs) It'll Uh, change the way you play Connect Four. Next time you play it, just think of some righteous qualities that you can put in. Fun. (laughs) Um, I swapped patriarchal blessings with my TBM boyfriend, and they were almost word for word the same. (gasps) I would love to compare mine with someone's because, like, I've only ever read mine because, like, you're not allowed to read other people's and my ex would never tell me his like he knew a lot of mine but he never shared his with me but I would love to see how similar they are yeah guys let's do a patriarchal blessing episode (gasps) yeah send us in your patriarchal blessings and then we can compare do it do Do it it. (laughs) here's one um being told that I better be married by the age 25 or else no one would want me Mm. Um, okay so she says immodest girls were made to wear bright orange xxl t-shirts over clothes at church functions (laughs) so true true. um i used a fake name to get into a steak dance because i wasn't old enough but all my friends were because i skipped a grade and I was told that they turn all the attendees' names into their bishops so they can see who was there. I was so scared I would get in trouble, but just wanted to hang out with my friends. I remember feeling so guilty about using a fake name, but I had a great time. Oh. <laughs> it's just like, oh. Uh, <clears throat> oh, this is a common one. Church leaders putting a Book of Mormon between me and a boy I was dancing with at a steak dance. Oh, had that happened so many times. Yeah, Book of Mormon a length apart. Um, not being part of the church, but everyone at school still asking what ward I was in. This is super common in Utah. Like, if you're not a part of the church or not Mormon, everyone just assumes you are. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, um, 
Trek was freaking weird. I don't know if there's already an episode on that. Do you know what Trek is, Sarah? I do, but I only learned about it when I moved to BYU because we definitely don't do that in the East. So I was like, what is it, this Trek thing? It is absolutely horrible where the, the teenagers, it's for, a, I think it's a f- three or four days long and you dress up as pioneers. Like you have to put on the full garb and you walk like with hand carts and walk this like trek <laughs> that the pioneer, the Mormon pioneers supposedly walked and you have all this Mormon shit you have to do. It was awful. But didn't like people have like died from that, right? Because like of over exhaustion and heat stroke. Like I read about that. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> there was like a, a report of someone who died on a trek. I think it had to be in the last like five years where oh, they just yeah. like had a heat stroke or were what? dehydrated or something like that, and they didn't it's make it so down hot. the. Yeah, yeah. And you, you have to like wear a bonnet and everything. It, <laughs> I hated losers. it. I like got. I was so over it. Like, cause you walk so much. I sat in the handcart and like made the boys pull the handcart while I was sitting in it. And they were like yelling at me to get out. And I was like, I'm not fucking walking. I didn't, I didn't swear. I said, I'm not walking anymore. (laughs) I mean, why do you need to do that? It's like, we get it. You guys, Mormons did that in the past, but maybe like, don't like, you know, follow a prophet or this man who's a criminal. And then you don't have to be, you know, exiled from the rest yeah. of the country. Jeez, right? I know. <laughs> and then uh, you don't have to go fucking trek and push a cart thing, whatever they call it. Uh, um, uh, this person said the church, um, they were told that the church could cure their mental illness. Ugh. I was only friends with my leaders. All the other girls weren't my age and thought I was stuck up. I found that the, like, the click, clickiness, is that a word? But I feel like there really were clicks, at least in my growing up experience. There were, like, the friend groups of the girls who, like, wouldn't include the other girls. Oh, I'm sure that would be the case. Like, for me, it was only, like, two of us in there. So, like, you didn't really... Yeah. Didn't they really have a click, um, but I'm sure that would be the case. Like, if there are more members, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, this person was told that having sex before marriage would be like buying a used car versus buying a new one. <laughs> um, sometimes used cars are a thousand times better. So I know, right? <laughs> sure. Also, as soon as you leave the lot when buying a new car, the value drops tremendously. <laughs> exactly right so true um this person said they had a young women activity about dating but mostly it was about not getting raped wow Jesus. um i feel like i need a bottle of wine after this episode i know yeah this person brought up seminary as release time with the building adjacent to the school property like what the hell yeah we kind of covered that um uh, definitely my mutual advisor spanking my 15-year-old buddy. What? What? What the heck? Uh, oh, my gosh. Some of these, yeah. Let's see. Okay, I'm trying to, like, get them in order here. My bishop said that men can help in the kitchen, but it's the women's role. <laughs> um, oh, fuck you, whoever said that. 
Yeah. They said, my seminary teacher quite often made fun of a special needs child who could not speak. That's horrible. Oh, my God. Ugh. Oh, my God. This one's so bad, too. Here's a very bizarre thing that happened to me in Young Women's. When I was a Maya maid, aged 15, my young woman leader told the Maya maids that your husband should never see you without makeup. So we should start changing our sleep schedule so we are up before anyone else in our house and asleep after everyone in our house. That way, we would be husband ready when the time was right. She also told us that masturbating is wrong, and because our husbands will be the first one to touch us, it will probably be quite painful, and that was normal. I was terrified of sex after that what oh, in the actual fuck i don't even know how to respond to that like right that's like, like shit that women did in the 50s like right? that reminds me of that tv show marvelous mrs Maisel. oh uh-huh yeah where she like doesn't go to bed like in the first season she like doesn't go to bed without makeup on then she gets up when her husband's asleep washes her face goes to bed and then wakes up before he wakes up to put on makeup yeah <laughs> wow that's horrible that uh, a leader would tell 15 year old girls that it's horrible um, awful. in young women we would always have dumb activities cooking or scrap scrapbooking while the boys went hiking camping and golfing and one time they let us come with and it was really the only fun the only fun activities happened if the young men were there what Ugh. oh I could go on conference with my young woman group and I cheerfully put my arms around my two best friends on either side of me while we walked and my young woman's president came over to break it up and said we wouldn't want to give the wrong impression insinuating that we appeared gay or something wow <laughs> you can't put your arm around your friend wow um there was always the catered modesty lesson every Sunday I swear like 50% of the time in my ward usually following a time where my best friend and I wore a tank top or two short of shorts at mutual mutual or just around a member of the young woman's presidency and they spotted us oh this oh is, I remember like so a, many um, like young women's camp as well like you would have to yeah. wear a very very modest one piece but even I remember one year even if you had a one piece they still made you wear a t-shirt over it yeah in my ward growing up you had to wear a t-shirt and like shorts over your bathing suit wow yeah um I could also get into surprise forced confessions in to my parents by my bishop in front of him I went to him of my own accord to repent for some sexual sins as a teenager. And the week after I confessed to him, he scheduled a follow-up appointment and surprised me when my parents walked into our meeting. He had me confess my sexual sins to my parents there in front of him. Nothing has ever been so humiliating. Plus being asked very explicit questions by the bishop. So gross. Oh my hell. Like... Ugh. Yeah, uh, and I how do the parents think that's okay? Like, as I a know. parent, I just want to punch them in the face and be like, I keep saying as a parent, I'm not a parent. What I'm saying <laughs> as a parent, they should like they should be concerned as a parent. Like, they should right. not be okay with that. That's no. Ugh. They should be like, yeah, don't, ugh, don't talk to, yeah, gross. Um, my sister went for a bishop interview when she was a senior in high school after she was accepted to a great university for the career she chose. Her bishop encouraged her to instead settle down and find a spouse and have children. Ever since that interview, she has been inactive and continued to university and is a highly respected professional in her field and the breadwinner in her family with two kids. 
Good for her. Good for her. I remember that and being like, yes, like, good for you. <laughs> yeah, because it could be so easy to be like, oh, the bishop, you know, like, counseled me to do this, and he is really close to God, so this is what God wants. But good for her for not listening. Yeah, good for her. Um, That's all the ones I screenshotted, so hopefully I got them all. But thank you guys for all sending those in. Yes, thank you. We love your responses and contributions when we ask these questions and of course your stories as always we love them freaking do <laughs> lord for- have mercy i need a bottle of wine right now and a bath like this episode has worn me out i am just chill over sexism and morbidism and all the shit i just it's can't. crazy like because i'm you know, sometimes when we talk about it, I think of it as something that happened in the past because it's in my past. It's in our past. Right. But it's crazy. This is happening right now to teenagers in the church. Yeah. They, have, they haven't changed it. It's the same thing. It's crazy. It's 2019 and the church still is acting like it's what, 1940. Yeah, exactly. But remember, Katie, they're so progressive. They're making so many changes. <laughs> President Nelson is just shaking things up and he's making all the changes because he's so progressive. Women are finally allowed to wear pants on their missions. <laughs> oh my God, so progressive. Oh, geez. Well, I think we covered what we wanted to. Thanks for sticking with us, listeners. It's yeah. a little longer. Thanks. And for those who skipped over that and are just joining in for our last part, hi, welcome back. Um, <laughs> but we're going to close now. Um, as always, thank you for your support and your messages and all the things and <laughs> talking such shit. And, and thank you for like supporting us. And um, yeah, if you can go to iTunes and like rate us, that would be amazing. Although I, I've noticed that you guys have been doing that. And for those who have, like, thank you so much. Like, we thank really you, thank you, it. thank you, thank you. Thank you. And for giving us five stars. You're so nice. And <laughs> always, yeah, just all the listeners and our Patreon supporters and everybody. We love you. Yeah, you guys are the best. The best. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, if you have any suggestions, feedback, send it to it. And also, sorry if sometimes we don't respond very quickly. It's not because we're ignoring you or we don't want to respond. It's just... Yeah, we have, luckily, we're privileged to have a lot of messages coming in and to hear from so many of you guys. And so, and plus between the two of us, like Katie and I, we share the account. So sometimes she'll see something and like, can't respond because she's doing something, but I don't notice it or vice versa, which happens yeah. quite often. So don't think that we're ignoring you. Promise we're not. Yeah, promise, promise. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have a good week. We'll be back next week. And cool. uh, yeah. And that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the end. (laughs) That's all. Bye. Bye.